The following program does not offer personal medical advice. Please consult your doctor before using any treatment or product we cover. Welcome to Go to Health Radio with your host, Jonathan Marks. We provide a welcoming environment where experts educate you on important health topics, answer your questions, and provide information from which you can benefit in consultation with your doctor. And now, here is Jonathan Marks. Hey, everyone. This is Jonathan Marks, and welcome back to Go to Health. We're so happy to have you here this week. And this week, I want to talk about something that we're all going through, and it's really as a result of the pandemic, which is we're now in this hybrid work world. Um, and some of us are working at home all the time. Some of us are working in a combination of at home and the office. And some of us have to go to the office or wherever we work. But we're really going into a hybrid work mode since the pandemic, and it's creating a whole new way of life for many of us. So I wanted to discuss that with you today, along with the impact that this has on us, uh, and particularly how do we kind of take a break. And with us today is a wonderful person that I've known for many years. Her name is Tiffany Schlein. She's been honored by Newsweek as one of the women shaping the 21st century. She's an Emmy-nominated filmmaker. She's the founder of the Webby Awards, and she's also the author of the recent book, 24-6, The Power of Unplugging One Day a Week. It's the winner of the Marshall McLuhan Outstanding Book Award. Her films have premiered at top festivals, including Sundance and the Museum of Modern Art in New York, premiered her new live spoken cinema performance called Dear Human. Tiffany's work has received over 80 awards and distinctions, including being selected for the Albert Einstein Foundation's Genius, 100 Visions of the Future. She lectures globally on topics including the future of work and well-being, technology and humanity, and neuroscience and creativity. And this is what we want to talk about today. Hi, Tiffany. How are you doing? I'm so happy to be here. Good. And you're talking to us from a very interesting place. Why don't you share where you are and what you're doing there? Tiffany? Yes. I'm in this beautiful location on the top of the San Francisco Ferry Building at a space called Shack 15. And I'm the artist in residence here for the year. And I'll have a big show in the fall, an art show. And um, it just feels like heaven here. It's, you can't see, you can see my empty space here, but over there is the Bay Bridge and the water and ferries going by. And it's just such an inspiring place to work. Oh, that's great. I know it's beautiful there. I've been, I, well, I lived in San Francisco for many years now, Las Vegas, but I know how gorgeous that building is. So Tiffany, let's start talking about the future of work and well-being. What are your thoughts on this? Well, I think that there have been many gifts from COVID um, in addition to it being a very difficult couple of years, but I always try to look at like, what can we learn from this? And really the transformation of the workplace is gonna be something that stays with us afterwards. And I think it's very powerful because as a working mother, I always only at my film studio had myself and my team go in two days a week because that made the best sense as somebody that also wanted to be home for my kids. Mm -hmm. So the fact that almost, you know, so many companies now are saying two days a week, if that, is very profound. I mean, I think that uh, it's much more conducive to living a good life instead of your life revolving around 
your work. I think what happened during COVID is people's lives revolved around their lives again, and it reorientated the solar system of work and life. Hmm. But now we're in this transition period where we're trying to figure out what needs to be in person, what's okay to be remote, how often should my team go in, should I go in, um, and what works and what doesn't. So um, I think that's a really interesting, it's an interesting moment that we're in. And we've been working with companies um, through kind of a lecture series and interactive series on how to figure that out. Because, so there was a period of COVID where no one was going in and now we're in this, and then there was, everyone was gonna go back in and now that keeps getting delayed. Now we're in this hybrid work model and what's the best for people's collaboration, for their own mental health, for their productivity, their creativity. So I'm interested in all those subjects. So it's been exciting to help people figure that out and to share what I've learned for 16 years running a film studio that was always two days a week in person. Mm -hmm. uh, and what we learned from, from doing that. Because there are things that work well and there are things that are you need to work through with your team. So if you can, Tiffany, give us some examples of some of the companies you've worked with and some of the solutions they've come up with to deal with this hybrid workspace issue. Yeah, we had a great, um, we did a four-week program with the Cliff Bar Company, which was really wonderful with all their employees, and it was all remote. Um, but just talking, sharing what um, we can about um, the neuroscience and research behind productivity and collaboration and and really inspiring people to think about different modes of working and when you are going to be in the office what's the best to do for that and the culture element which is what a lot of companies offices provided and how do you bring that into this hybrid work world we also did it with coca-cola which was really wonderful and and one of the big things that i've been a proponent of is how to set boundaries like i turn off my screens on Friday night to Saturday night, I've done it for 13 years with my family. And that kind of boundary is really important. And I think that now there's been all these studies that since people are doing hybrid work, they're kind of working more because they're always available. Mm -hmm. And I'm very into how do you create a boundary or make your home a home again and not have work enter every single space of it. So um, really talking about boundaries. And then um, I met with a this great group from Denmark who they work all over, but they had an in-person retreat, which is so valuable with their whole team. And we really talked about how do you bring that team spirit really when everyone is remote and everyone's in a different time zone and working in a different way. Um, so I shared with them some ideas on how to bring that sense of community and team in even if you're not in the same location and mm -hmm. how important as they showed me and we know you do still need to be in person. Maybe that's not for work. Maybe that's a kind of bonding, inspiring gathering. But how do you keep the community um, feeling of collaboration with your team is really important to think about. So are you willing to share some of those secrets with us? Yeah. How these companies are keeping, let's say, teamwork going and camaraderie going, even if it's uh, remote? Yeah, well, one example that I gave this team in Denmark um, was that, you know, I think when you're, when we used to work in the office, people would work like Fridays were this day to kind of close down the week and maybe you'd have happy hour, you'd go out with them and you can still do some online things to end the week. Like whoever's the team manager, you know, what did we accomplish this week? What was the big thing that we're, some bigger goal we're working towards or some little celebrations and then um, nods of recognition to certain 
you know, things that each team member did or something to kind of close out the week. Because I think what's happening with technology and it was the promise of technology in the early days was that it blurred the boundaries of time and space. You could work anywhere, you could do anything, but we need to bring some of that back because it's good to end the week. Like I'm a big proponent of never having stressful meetings on Friday. Friday are not the day to have a big stressful meeting. You're kind of shutting down the week and letting people have their weekend. So another thing I really strongly encourage for managers and teammates is to use the scheduled send feature on email. So you might have a great idea on the weekend that you wanna share with your whole team, but use the scheduled send feature, which allows you to send it for Monday morning. Even if you want, you have the idea on the weekend, make it so, because if people are sending emails in Slack and notifications and texts during the weekend, it sets an expectation that people need to respond. Yeah, especially especially the higher you are in an organization, right? Exactly. If the boss is doing it, then God, I'm I gotta be doing it to stay in the organization. Right. And so you want to create really a vibe that people get their weekends off because people are burning out. And there's a lot of mental health issues and a lot of people leaving jobs. And how do you let them go? I respect your time, you're gonna respect my time. And that's also a lot about communication. I mean, I know some people. You know, they work better late at night or early in the morning. Everyone's got a different workflow. Mm-hmm. So really having an open line of communication with your team, especially if we're all remote, like um, even with, you know, my team, we are always revisiting that. Like, because every kind of three months, people's kids schedule changes, your life situation, whatever it is. And to revisit, hey, is it still good for us to have our morning check-ins here? When are you working mostly now? Like, because now people have so many choices, you actually need to check in a little bit more because I mean people have been more productive they're same or more productive but I think the lines of communication need to be more open about the respecting of other people's time yeah yeah you're bringing up an important point because I know you know before COVID when we were all working in offices everybody thought well if you worked at home you just wouldn't be productive you wouldn't get very much work done you'd be distracted by the phone by the tv by the refrigerator what are you hearing about the productivity of people working at home? I think people can be productive at home. The biggest thing I hear is like, how do you separate the the home with the work? Mm-hmm. And I know, you know, when you're trying to work and your kid's asking you something, you feel like you're not doing very either of them very well. Um, I've actually gone back with this artist in residency. I'm going back to a space where I travel on a ferry, which I love. I love that mental space of just traveling somewhere, even if it's 20 minutes. And then I do my work and when I come home, I decompress and then I go home, I'm home. And I think um, everybody's different, but I know for me, I was really itching for that separation again of not having everything be at my house. So I think what we're finding, what I'm hearing from a lot of people is we're in, you know, every week feels like a new phase of the pandemic, but I think we understand it was never going back to the way it was. And I think that's a good thing. I think that we are creating work schedules that are more conducive to our lives. But I think a lot of um, companies have invested a lot in real estate and that's very scary that they have these huge empty buildings. Yeah. Um, and they need to justify it to getting, by getting people in. I do think there's value to being together. I'm a big, I also believe that if people are only going in two days a week, they're going in for that community piece and then they go there and the office is pretty much empty because everyone's choosing their own schedule and that doesn't do anything for anyone. So if you are requiring two days a week, try to have the teams be there on the same time so you get that 
community productivity, collaboration, bonding, whatever it is. So, right. you know, there's almost like so much flexibility right now. Cause I think a lot of employers are scared to demand that actually you have to come in on Tuesdays and Thursdays or something, but there is value to being together at the same time. If that's what your team needs, which I think it is valuable to have in-person communication. Right. Like even right, right now, like we're talking and all we can see is each other's heads. Like I'm a big gesticulator, like you can see my hands. They say that like 50% of, of information is what people say and the other 50% is body language. And mm -hmm. we've been stuck in these boxes. <laughs> There's so much more that's communicated when you're in person and you need that. So um, maybe is it, is it once a quarter, you all really get together and spend a whole day doing bonding things or whatever it is. I think you need to figure out what you think would be best for your team. If you're, I mean, and propose it to the manager, be like, you know, I know we're all online. Maybe we can all get together for X. I think it needs to come from the teams, the, the company CEO, the managers, as well as the employees, because everyone, I mean, I've talked to a lot of people that are, you know, relieved that they don't have to have all that kind of banter at the office, mm -hmm. that that was actually a lot of pressure of like these kind of work relationships and they don't have that as much of that pressure, which I think is interesting too, if you just want to do the work, but there are, there's a lot of research around, you know, the, the oxytocin that flows helps and aids in collaboration. And how does that flow as if you're having some in-person experiences also. Mm -hmm. So what you're really bringing up now with, with this, this flexibility that's been brought about with all our technologies that we can meet remotely very effectively, it really brings up this whole issue of what do we want to design each work experience for? Like, why would we want to be in person or why right. would we want to be remote? And it's a whole, I guess, a whole new series of thoughts and decisions you have to make uh, on it's how you want to run your company. Yeah, because before it was just like status quo. Everyone went in five days a week and commuted and and now COVID put all of that into question. Um, and I know I'm exercising so much more now because um, I'm at home, I have a dog and I'm just like, I'm doing a lot of calls. We're like, let's do a walk and talk. Let's not do a Zoom. Let's get on the phone and we'll each take a walk. Mm -hmm. And that kind of flexibility is is incredible. But yeah, being more intentional with why are we getting together? Mm -hmm. Why do we need to be in the office? Does that need to be a Zoom? And we do, I do have this section of the program we do called, the whole program is called, you know, the future of work and well-being. And I have a whole section on really questioning, should this be a video call? Should this be a phone call? Should mm -hmm. this be a text? You know, text really will interrupt the person you're communicating with. And I have research in my book, 24-6, which talks about my family's tech Shabbats, which is about going off screens, that it takes 20 minutes to get back into the flow if you're interrupted by a notification or a text. Wow. So that's a long time. And if you have employees that need to be focusing on something and you're texting them all the time, they're not able to focus. Very good. So, yeah. And I think the reason why people find Zooms, like at the beginning of the pandemic, I had like six Zooms in a row and I was exhausted. Yes. And there's a reason behind that because we're not making real eye contact here. We're not seeing our whole body language. There's reasons why it's soul sucking to be on Zoom and video calls all day long. So mm -hmm. being more intentional about what should be a call, what should be a Zoom, what should be a tech, you know, all of those things is just like being a little bit more thoughtful about it. Yeah, you know, and it's it, it, with Zoom, 
um, it's like you have to be seated in front of the camera the whole time. Whereas if you're in an office mini, you could get up and walk around or stretch a little bit or go get some coffee. But yeah. here you have to be right in front of the camera to show you're in the meeting. Exactly. And even like being this close to someone's face when you're, and actually I'm seeing my own face when I'm talking to you and that's not natural. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of time during the pandemic, I would turn off my view. Like it's when I'm talking to you, I actually just want to be focused on you. But for this situation, I'm also making sure the lighting is okay. And most Zooms, you see your own face. So it was this big epiphany for me, like four months into the pandemic, when there was a little feature on Zoom with the three dots and you could do hide self view. Right. And I felt like I was much more focused on the calls and less self-conscious and um, it's really interesting how much it's changed communication to just be so up close. Now, my husband's a professor and he will say, you know, it's really nice that everyone's names there. If he's got like a class of a hundred people and, sure. um, there are a lot of advantages too. Everyone's got a front row seat to a lecture hall or to a meeting. Um, but I think it's about knowing when it's appropriate to use different forms of communication and when you should be in person. So it's a whole new set of things to start thinking about with this hybrid work atmosphere. We're talking with Tiffany Schlein. She's an Emmy-nominated filmmaker. She's the founder of the Webby Awards, and she's the author of 24-6, The Power of Unplugging One Day a Week, which has won the Marshall McLuhan Outstanding Book Award. We'll be talking more with Tiffany about all these changes in lifestyle and work style, and how do we take a break from all this in our next segment. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a few minutes after these words. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Listen for Go to Health Radio, featuring host Jonathan Marks and health experts from around the world who bring evidence-based education from Western, alternative, and holistic practices. We bring together you, seeking relevant and proven information for your healthcare needs and reputable healthcare experts and companies who offer quality education for your benefit. Monthly, we also share continuing education for medical professionals. Listen live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific time and 3 p.m. Eastern time on Voice America Variety. What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. You are listening to Go to Health Radio. To reach Jonathan Marks or his guest expert on the live program, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jonathan Marks at gotohealthmedia.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back. This is Jonathan Marks with Go to Health, and we are talking with Tiffany Schlein, who's an Emmy-nominated filmmaker, founder of the Webby Awards, and author of 24-6, The Power of Unplugging One Day a Week. So Tiffany, in this segment, that's exactly what I wanted to talk about. 
we talked about the importance of unplugging because many of us now are working a hybrid schedule and working at home. And it's very tempting to do work all the time. So tell us about your taking a break and what benefits that's had for you. Yeah, I mean, I love technology. Obviously, I, you know, I founded the Webby Awards. I've always been a big, big advocate of the ways we can amplify what we're doing and the way we, we can connect. But about 13 years ago, I was just feeling like I lost my ability to focus, that I had so many notifications and things pinging me and expectations on my brain that I wasn't able to focus. And um, I had this very dramatic couple of weeks in my life where I lost my father and my daughter was born all in the same period. And it was a real wake up call moment of like, I could die. How do I want to live my life? What kind of mom do I want to be? I'm not feeling present. All of these things. And my husband and I were Jewish, but we're not religious. But my husband did live in Israel and, and they observed Shabbat in Israel where the whole country shuts down for a day. It's the fourth commandment, a day of rest. And we did Shabbat more of a social dinner once a month or so. And we started doing um, what we called our tech Shabbats where we turn off the screens from Friday night to Saturday night. And it was exactly what I needed. I felt this immediate sense of calm and presence and returning to myself. I, I just liked who I was on that day better. And I had bigger ideas that day more creative ideas, so many things. So we just did it week after week and I started making little films about it because it was so fascinating to me how much it was everything I needed and we've never needed it more in society. And then it was so great for our kids and there was so many benefits just kept multiplying, multiplying. So as we were reaching 10 years, I was like, I gotta write a book. This is like this free ancient idea that everybody should try. Mm -hmm. Like yoga and meditation, it like immediately rebalances your your health, your state of mind, your presence, everything. So I wrote 24-6 and it's been extremely exciting. Just, sorry, those are the, the chimes of the fairy building, which I love. Um, yes. But it's been very exciting because um, just sharing an idea that I find so elegant and ancient and beautiful and rethinking it for the 21st century. So the book came out right before the pandemic. So I was able to go on book ah. tour with it and, it was really exciting. It's been very exciting the response because it was um, before the pandemic was kind of the screen addiction conversation. Then the pandemic hit and everyone's like, oh my God, I'm on screens all the time. I'm like, do this practice. And, you know, because everyone used to say, I never know what day it is. I always knew what day it was because I always had Shabbat and my day without screens. And, you know, it's just continues to um, bring a kind of beauty and balance to my life. And even when I'm doing this future of work, um, these programs for corporations and nonprofits, I bring these ideas in because I learned a lot from creating a boundary with the screens. It's just a strict boundary. Ultimately, was very liberating for me because it allowed me to rest when I was resting. And when you have one real full day of rest every week, you feel so recharged. It's as if you had like a week vacation because you're really resting. You're not posting on social media. You're not reading the news. You're not responding to people calling you, not responding to texts. And, and mind you, when I first did it, um, I really had to communicate to the world that I was offline. Now the phone, finally, I've been wanting these features for so long. They now have added in the last upgrade all these features where you can let people know, even if they text you, that you've silenced your notification. So they've actually been adding features that I think make this easier to do than when I first did it, when everyone's like, what do you mean you're going to go offline? 
you don't really go offline. Like they didn't believe us. They didn't think it was possible. I'm like, yeah, basically we have an analog day every week and it's great. It's great for the kids. It's great for us. We read books. We play vinyl records. I use a Polaroid camera. It's awesome. So, um, so, so you, you've implied all this, but I just want to go through the detail of what it is you do when you say you're talking, taking a tech Shabbat. So yeah, yeah. yeah, let's go through all the details, all the things you turn off and don't do, if you don't mind, what's the list? Okay. So usually we always have people over for dinner on Friday. So it's like a dinner party and that might sound stressful to some people, but we make the exact same meal every Friday. And so it's actually kind of fun because it's a very social night and knowing people are coming over and they usually know that we don't use screens, so they will turn off their phones. But usually Friday afternoon, I'll write by hand just on a piece of paper um, if we have anything to do on Saturday, but hopefully we have not overscheduled Saturday. We actually, we've done it with kids in sports, but really Saturdays, we really try to be like nothing day where we do things that bring us joy, but that could be napping, that could be going to the beach, that could be reading, cooking, whatever. But I'll, I'll write that down on Friday afternoon. We're making a nice meal, setting the table, all the screens go down. So my phone, my computer, iPads, no TV. Um, my husband will like to keep it on in case of an emergency, but not using it. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a landline um, that if there is an emergency, people all know our landline that are in our family. Right. Um, we hardly ever use it, but if I want to call my mom on Saturday or something. Um, and so we've shut down the screens and people arrive. It's very social. It's probably my favorite dinner of the week. My favorite night of the week because it's very fun and no one's looking at their phone or showing you something on their phone or being pulled away from their phone. <laughs> the phone. Can I say that? Yeah, just turn the yeah. phone away. Right. Yeah, or, I mean, or, even sitting, or even sitting around the table looking at your phones, right? Uh, or sneaking your phone, whatever. Just get them away. So the yep. conversation is much funnier and flows. And then... I sleep the best on Friday nights because um, there's no devices in the bedroom that night. And then Saturday morning, I usually journal and I do my best thinking on Saturday morning and my best reading. I'll usually pull out a couple articles or something I saw fly my, by me during the week that I actually want to think about deeply. So I've printed them out. So that's another thing I've done on Friday afternoon. I've printed a couple articles or I put some books or magazine articles I want to read. Mm-hmm. And then it's a very kind of beautiful day. It's a lot of connecting, a lot of hanging out. And, you know, what I've learned by having, doing it with kids that have grown up now, I have a 19-year-old and a 13-year-old, but everyone's got a different thing they want to do that day and to try to fill the day with some element of something that everyone wants to do so that the day is just really filled with joy and things that don't involve screens. And then by, at 5 p.m., we go back online and, pretty psyched to go back online too. What happened in the world? What, who do I, who can I, I wanted to contact that I thought about, but oh, the other thing I do is I have a piece of paper with a pen on the counter. Mm -hmm. So all of those thoughts of like, oh, I forgot to book that ticket or I need to get back to so-and-so. It kind of tumbles out of my head usually on Friday late afternoon, right before I'm unplugging or when Mm -hmm. I've just unplugged, but it's waiting for me there. So I I will deal with it um, when I go back online. Got it. So, and so, uh, so the I think the other important piece of this is that you have a specified end time so that everybody knows when this is going to be over. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that is helpful. Again, it's this boundary that technology took away all the boundaries, but that's exhausting because people are going to bed looking at their phone, waking up looking at their phone. Um, 
that's not healthy for so many reasons for sleep, which is the number one thing everyone should be focused on getting a good night's sleep. Right. I've now, since I've been doing this practice for so many years, I've integrated a lot of things into my week that really came from insights from Tech Shabbat. So when I wake up in the morning, I don't look at my phone. I use it as an alarm clock, but it's in airplane mode. And I go down and get my coffee. It's still in airplane mode. And it's just woken me up, but I'm not looking at email. I'm not looking at uh, the New York Times, nothing. And I go to my five-minute journal and I just write about what I'm grateful for, what I'm thinking about for the day, hmm. 10, 15 minutes, and then I go online. And I'll tell you, just letting my own soul frame the day. And then before I go to bed, I also go back to that same journal and I I try, it doesn't always work, but I try to make the phone not the last thing I see because inevitably right before you go to bed, you see some stressful headline or email that will affect your sleep um, or stress you out. And I'm always trying to build in, I think what, as I've gotten older, anytime I bring in a new ritual into my life, it's made my life better. So I'm always looking for new kind of things that bring goodness to my life. And I think that is the beauty of, of wisdom and getting older and understanding how to create a good morning to your day and a big closing to your day. And this goes back to the work week. I mean, how do you close out the week? Do you want to close out the week with a whole bunch of stressful things? No, you need to close out the week and close out your day, kind of setting yourself up for a good space for either your weekend or, or the next time you're going to work. Right. So we're talking with Tiffany Schlein. She's an Emmy-nominated filmmaker. She's the founder of the Webby Awards, and she's the author of 24-6, The Power of Unplugging One Day a Week, which has won the Marshall McLuhan Outstanding Book Award. So Tiffany, my next question is, in your research for this book, what did you learn from neuroscience or whatever research you did about the benefits of really shutting down and resting? Yeah, there's so much research. I mean, I really I had to have like five different chapters breaking down the different research, but just um, we were not designed to be responding all the time. And actually, you just mentioned that your daughter had a baby, which is so beautiful. And I remember um, when I had a newborn and they would say, like, if you were at a noisy place, like, don't overstimulate the baby, like, take the baby out of a noisy environment. Yeah. Because you don't want to overstimulate the brain or the baby. And I think that's very apropos to humans too. It's like, you don't want to be overstimulated all the time. Like we need downtime. And what the phone, while it's so much wonderful text and all these connection points, it also is such a mishmash of so much stuff. So when you, when you turn off that phone, you, who knows what you're going to get? You're going to get another scary thing about the war or about interest rates or about COVID or whatever is going to stress you out in addition to loving texts from family or whatever, but it is a combination of things. So putting your, your, your nervous, your parasympathetic nervous system and, you know, that's all about tend and befriend and rest and digest. And it's all about the kind of calming elements. And um, I think digesting everything that you process as a creative person. Um, another bit of research that I find really interesting is that Usually my best ideas I mentioned come on Saturdays when I don't have new stimulation. Right. And what that is about is, is a neuroscience term called the default mode network when your brain is, is processing and linking together what's already in there. And it's not getting new input, it's working with what's already in there and your own life experiences. And I, 
and I've made several films about the subject because I'm so interested that I feel more creative when I turn off the screens. And I think that's because I've gotten so much inspiration and input and, and then on my day without screens, it's making a link. It's making the creativity happen. Um, and then just the sleep factor. Um, if you're looking at blue light and your phone right before you go to bed, you're not going to get as good of a night's sleep. Is hmm. you know you read before you go to bed and just quiet the mind, meditate, whatever you do to kind of calm things down before you go to sleep instead of the cortisol going up when you're reading stressful things on right. your phone. So I, I have so many things. That I like I'm trying to think. I'm like, which other things should I tell you? But my book, I would say it's like half. You know, it's half my own personal story of being someone that's such an advocate of the web and and then realizing how powerful it would be to shut it off one day a week but then the other half is like all the neuroscience and social research and all the research on the why it is good to turn off those screens mm -hmm. and a lot of people have never even ever turned it off since they got it and mm -hmm. it's a very powerful thing to go i am enough without that phone and actually i'm interesting and i want to know what i'm thinking i don't want to just know what everyone else is thinking and what i need to respond to all the time right Right. I think you're, you're uh, what I really like about what you're saying is not only are you taking this tech Shabbat for, you know, Friday night through Saturday night, but also you almost you take a kind of a, a, a break in the morning before you get going. You kind of get yourself centered before you really start reading the news. So this is all about taking breaks for yourself and the benefits of that, not being stimulated by new things and allowing your own process to go on. So I really think of what you're saying is as processing. It's allowing yourself processing time to process, to work with, to formulate, to think, to plan, you know, but it's just within that. yourself. No, right. That's a great way to frame it. It is, I mean, even when I told you when I'm taking the ferry into the studio, yeah, I am preparing myself to create art. And when I go home on the ferry home, I am processing and getting ready to be home. And those spaces, the processing time to think and to be and to be still and to be introspective and to reflect. Right. I think we've created a society that doesn't leave much room for that because we're every Absolutely. second we're listening to a podcast, we're responding to a text, we're just in response mode all the time. Yes, yes, that's a great way to say it. We're in response mode, and we need to get out of response mode all the time. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Okay, so we're talking with Tiffany Schlein. She's an Emmy-nominated filmmaker, founder of the Webby Awards, and author of 24-6, The Power of Unplugging One Day a Week. And I love, uh, Tiffany, that, yes, you're so much into media. You're the founder of the Webby Awards, and yet you're realizing the value of unplugging and how important that is to creativity. Yeah, it's just, you know, I almost look at creativity like an athlete. Like, how do I get into the best state of flow and for me, it's sleep. It's creating a lot of time to daydream and process and to work with what's already in there. In addition to like the other six days where I'm reading and I'm, you know, doing a lot of different kinds of input and research, but that I create enough space to really just think. Right. Good. So we'll be back after these messages. We'll be talking with Tiffany more about her films 
and her work with corporations in terms of reimagining work for the future. So stay with us for the next segment. We'll be right back after these messages. What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Listen for Go to Health Radio, featuring host Jonathan Marks and health experts from around the world who bring evidence-based education from Western, alternative, and holistic practices. We bring together you, seeking relevant and proven information for your healthcare needs and reputable healthcare experts and companies who offer quality education for your benefit. Monthly, we also share continuing education for medical professionals. Listen live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific time and 3 p.m. Eastern time on Voice America Variety. You are listening to Go to Health Radio. To reach Jonathan Marks or his guest expert on the live program, call in to 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to Jonathan Marks at gotohealthmedia.com. Now, back to this week's show. Okay, welcome back to Go to Health. This is Jonathan Marks, and we're talking with Tiffany Schlein. She's an Emmy-nominated filmmaker, founder of the Webby Awards, and author of a wonderful book called 24-6, The Power of Unplugging One Day a Week. But Tiffany, you also do a lot of consulting with large corporations about the future of work. Can you tell us about that kind of work, how people get engaged with you, what it is you do, what it is they do, and what the process is? Sure. I mean, for around 25 years, I've always given keynotes and talks about everything from technology and humanity, creativity and meaning and purpose, and which I've made a lot of films about all those subjects and usually the neuroscience behind a lot of those. So um, at the beginning of the year of 2022, we launched a future of work and well-being program. It's like thriving in a hybrid workplace. So it's really like, well, companies have been doing different ones. We It could either be four keynotes over four weeks and I'll work with the whole company or managers, whatever. And I'm really laying out some strategies and context and history and neuroscience and actionable things they can bring into their company. So, um, and, and people, I have a team of people, so, but you can, for this purpose, people can email me and I'll just email it to the right person, depending on which talk people are interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, just t at tiffanyshlane.com, which I'm sure you're going to put in the notes for the right. podcast. Um, but What's been really exciting is I do give talks on a lot of different subjects. I have about 12 subjects listed on my site. And I always feel like what people are booking kind of tells me where we are in the world. Hmm. Um, And just lately, there's been a lot of the future of work talks booked, which is I love doing because it feels like it's really providing an important service right now. and I've really been doing it for all sizes of companies and mm. types of companies, government organizations. I'm doing one for the LA transportation company organization mm. and 
um, to corporations to nonprofits. So I love doing that. They've mostly been online, but I'm actually, um, I also do live events, which I love. Um, I'm going to Rio in July where I'm performing only the second time I show Dear Human, which is a lot about technology and humanity. So anyway, so you, people can go to my site at tiffanyshlane.com and I have a speaking section and lists all the different talks. And um, yeah, so if people want to get involved there and then my book, they can find out and get it from tiffanyshlane.com. And, um, and then I'm working on, I'm doing this artist in residency and there'll be a show in the fall um, that will have sculptures and uh, large scale and small and large scale photographs. And then I'm working on a film that is my attempt to show us where we are in time, our place in history. And I think that's what COVID was really about, is really rethinking how we live and have we been in pandemics before, what's different this time, and what are we going to take with us moving forward? And I'm wrestling with all of those ideas visually, which is really fun. Yeah, yeah but it really fits in with what you were talking about before about looking at the positive side of even during COVID. It's like, what are the positives that can come out of this? What can we learn from this? Yeah. Yeah. And it really sounds like you're tackling that and, and working um, with that concept with organizations to help them perform better as they move into the future. Yeah. I, I think all of my work, if you were to look at all my 30 films and my talks, I'm always like, I'm trying to ground where we are in history. I love history and context mm -hmm. ground us in context where are we and like what can we learn from this experience and how can it push us further and and i you know i love inspiring people to push themselves more to look for the positives and how do you integrate that into your life or work right uh, yeah and usually i do it in a film which is really fun because I've made all these films and all the work is done there, but I do love working with a group of people like a live audience or online because that's also very exciting because there's a lot of feedback and um, mm -hmm. it's been interesting during the pandemic how to translate that on Zoom, which I really feel like I've figured out. Um, I really use the chat a lot and the chat, that's an example where when I'm in a big theater giving a keynote, I yeah. can feel audience's laughter or size or response. I can feel it all, but I can't hear what they're thinking. But when I'm giving a Zoom, I'm giving this big talk. It's very visual with a lot of my film clips. And then I'm also looking at that chat and I'm responding right. to people. I'm integrating it. It's like a live, complete connection, direct line into the audience and what they want to know more. So it's very fun for me because it's like I'm giving this extremely catered experience because they're flowing. I'm asking questions as I'm speaking and they're answering. So that's also very exciting. Yeah, yeah. I have to, I have to share that experience because um, I also have been doing webinars for the U.S. Centers for Disease Control for 10 years. Oh, I do wonderful. a monthly webinar and um, it's wonderful in the chat because people cannot you know, we don't turn on the microphone. It's really only myself and the presenter, but there's wonderful chat going on and wonderful uh, contributions and participation through the chat. So and, could, and I feel like I've gotten to know people over 10 years that I've never met before, but just chatting with them, you know, and then responding to their questions and comments. Yeah. I mean, then there's an example of people like, oh, I hate Zoom or, oh my gosh, but 
that's super cool as a speaker to get like a direct line into the audience as you're speaking. Yeah. And I think it's made some of my talks better because I'm getting such direct feedback. Right. Um, so Tiffany, going back to your working with companies and, and doing consulting with them. So it sounds like they can go to your website and choose a number of different lectures they want to uh, hear from you, or is it, yeah. is it a discussion that you have first and then you pick the lectures or topics they want to cover? What's that process? That's a great question. So a lot of times people come and, and I don't book them, but I have Sawyer Steele for my company books them. So he'll usually talk to them and there's an array of talks and a lot of times lately they've been like wanting to do the hybrid work talk, mm -hmm. but they're like, oh, she's got this one on making things happen or creativity. Maybe we can do one of those too. Um, so he'll talk with them. And then once we book, like if we work with a company that does the four week program, we will have several conversations to understand where their company's at, what their hopes are, really learn where they are to integrate that into the program to make it feel more bespoke. Mm -hmm. um, but so, yeah, if people are interested in having me speak, um, they would contact Sawyer or you can contact me. I'll point you, introduce you to Sawyer. And then he'll usually kind of, and we've worked together for 16 years and he works with me on all of my talks and visuals. We make movies together. So it's really fun to brainstorm with him after he's spoken to a company right. on making the best possible experience for the company. Got it. And tell, give us a list that you mentioned a couple before, but tell us some oh, of the sure. companies you've worked with so we get a sense for the breadth. Oh, yeah. Um, the Cliff Bar Energy Company. Uh, they do the energy bars. Um, Coca-Cola. Um, I just did a group in South Africa. So I do a lot of international. And the Tech Ambassador Office of Denmark is who mm. I just did the live event with. I'm going to Rio um, to present to the Media Ecology Association. I mean, I really... I've spoken to library associations, uh, big corporations, little. I mean, I've been speaking for my whole career. So mm -hmm. um, I got, I, at this point, I probably have given 500. Wow. <laughs> I'm not joking because wow. I do like, you know, 20 to 30 a year and I've been doing it for like 30 years. I don't know. Wow. It's Excellent. so, and it's fun. It's, it, I, I, I feel so lucky because I, I love doing talks and, you know, because I'm a filmmaker, my visuals are usually moving images. And I mm -hmm. love thinking, how do I make this idea bigger? Mm -hmm. um, I'm not having text on screen. I'm having these images that hopefully take the idea to a whole new place. So mm. really combines a lot of the things I love doing. Neat. That's great. So Tiffany, it's been wonderful having you on the show today. I'm so glad you came on to talk about all these big ideas that you're, that you're bringing into the world. And it's been really a pleasure talking with you. So great to talk to you. And it was really, I love the way you thought about and framed some of the discussion points. So it was a pleasure. Good, good, good. So we're talking with Tiffany Schlein. She is a uh, author of the book 24-6, The Power of Unplugging One Day a Week. She is an Emmy-nominated filmmaker. She's a founder of the Webby Awards. And she has uh, films that have premiered at top festivals, including Sundance, the Museum of Modern Art in New York. She's premiered her new live spoken cinema performance called Dear Human. Before we go, Tiffany, tell us a little bit about Dear Human. What's that about? The thing I would, the way I would describe it is it's like a live movie where I am, I already narrate most of my films. So mm -hmm. I am live narrating on stage, not really narrating. I'm, I'm sort, I'm sharing, you know, ideas, 
and stories. And I have images behind me and a live soundtrack and audience participation. So it's almost like you're inside of a movie. Oh, that's great. Um, movie experience. And so I'm do- so I did that at MoMA right before the pandemic. And I'm, I'm doing it now in Rio um, in July. I'm so excited to do it again in front of a live audience. Great. Are you thinking about filming that at some point? Yeah, we've thought about turning it into like a, a one hour special, but so much of it is about the live experience. So that mm-hmm. that is kind of the special sauce of it. And so how would you capture that? I don't yeah. know. I mean, you could like if you think of a comedy special or you can capture that. But, you know, there's also something special about it being unique for a live event. Yes, got it. So if you want to follow Tiffany, you go to TiffanySchlain.com and let me spell that. For those listening, it's T-I-F-F as in Frank, T-I-F-F-A-N-Y, Tiffany. And then Schlain is S-H-L-A-I-N, Tiffany Schlain. So you go to tiffanyschlain.com. If you want to email Tiffany, it's T for Tiffany, T at tiffanyschlain.com. And Tiffany has won over 80 awards and distinctions, including being selected for the Albert Einstein Foundation's Genius 100 Visions of the Future. She lectures globally on topics including the future of work and well-being, technology and humanity, and neuroscience and creativity. Thanks again for being with us, Tiffany. It's been wonderful. Thank you so much and have a wonderful day. I loved it. That great. Thank you. And remember, everybody, we'll be back next week with another topic. And as I always say, go to health. Take care. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in this week to Go to Health Radio. Be sure to join Jonathan Marks and another health expert next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You can also catch the program on your favorite podcast platform. Until our next show, be sure to visit us on the web at gotohealthmedia.com and elevate your life.